that's what I mean. These aren't that funny. I mean, and no, and Karnak's not exactly, uh, you know, uh, a, a, people aren't longing for the revival of Karnak. It's just for your. <laughs> <laughs> chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the 10 owners in the league. This is episode 19 entitled Favorable Randomness. Welcome to episode 19. G-Bones, great to see you. Good to be here. Swag, great to see you. What's happening, fellas? Low-key, great to see you. Present and accounted for. Wonderful. Let's run through the games real quick. 47 Ronin playing Lethal Injection. 47 Ronin crushes them 53-39. to The Funkin' Punks playing Blondie. Mr. Blonde's Heroes, 53-49. to the Punks win that game for omission commission against Jacksonville. Well, one streak has come to an end in that Swag finally gets the dip uh, and omission commission takes the win 54 to 42. St. Locash talking about streaks. This team, we talked about it being lucky. Uh, this time it was all about flexing muscle. They beat Dreamers 55 to 35. The point differential sounds like a lot until you get to the next game where Reardon Metal took street people out behind the woodshed and almost doubled their score, 59-36. to 36. These games were, I think, important because of what happened in the standings, but what a big week late in the season for us to have the moves happen that we had. So if we run down the divisions real quick, Jack's Wax Packs still leading the big boy division, 12-4 to 4 their record with the loss this week. 47 Ronin moves into sole possession of second place, uh, 7 and 9 with their win. Uh, Blondie falls this week, now drops to 6 and 10, and they're tied uh, with the, in third place with the Funk and Punks, who won that game. They are also at 6 and 10. The McGuire division, uh, this division has been competitive all year long. Omission Commission in first place by the tiebreaker only, 11 and 5 with their win. Reardon Metal, 11-5 with their win, and this one is going to go down to the wire. The Dreamers fall into third place at 7-9 and nine with the loss this week and seem to be heading for the basement fast. In the Bonds division, St. Locash takes sole possession of first place, something that four weeks ago we didn't think was possible. They're now 9-7, and, and Lethal Injection falls to 8-8 eight and eight with the loss 
And then bad streak, nothing new to report here, folks. There's another streak. It's their losing streak. They are 3-13. and 13. Wow, boys, someone's going to be pissed off and not making the playoffs. What do you think? Yeah, this is going to be a tough year being on the edge. I mean, not that that's ever a, a fun thing, but more so than ever. Yeah, it looks like somebody's going to end up, there's going to be a, a, a one or two teams with a, a decent record that end up getting shut out this year. Those two teams in the McGuire division are tough, man. Joe and uh, and Scotty. Scotty took me out. I think this is his seventh in a row now. You know, when I was running, it was nice, but uh, all of a sudden here, it, uh, it, you know, am I the best team? Am I the third best team? It's tough to say right now that there's really no sure thing. The only sure thing, I guess you would say, is is the weakest of the four. Looks like it's coming out of the bonds, but, you know, what we would have said was a, a sure thing four weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's uh, at this point, it's just point. Just sit back, watch and hope, I guess. But, you know, I, I look at the standings in, in this week's action, and I actually thought that, that the opposite was true. And, and I know theoretically it's possible that there's going to be a, a team with a nice win total miss the playoffs, but Mikey seems to be fading. Uh, Chris rising. And, and so, you know, with dreamers fading, it, it seems like the four playoff teams are emerging, you know, with uh, Scotty and, and Joe in his division, um, Chris and Jack. The only question I think is, is, is Mikey and Chris will, will they um, both, finish the year strong and, and add a little drama. Other than that, though, I, I don't see a lot of drama coming other than who's the wild card. Well, the only thing that's been consistent is our inability to forecast or prognosticate anything correctly. Pretty much. Well, I did say that I thought Joe was going to take it all this year. Don't forget that. Let's not forget that. You did say that. The reality is, is that with 11 wins for omission, Lethal could tie them and St. Locash could, could beat them. Right, but it's Could, really yeah. about the the number two team in the bonds division, and so this was just in so many ways, this was such a big week for Scotty and the omission commission. And um, although I think the person that came out actually looking the best from this week was actually Jack, and I'll tell you why. I think that baseball is a game of streaks, and we do know that he did get a couple of wins in the last four weeks that were probably um, higher on the scale of lucky. Uh, than say like what Chris did this week in terms of just putting up a big 55. But the key is, is that, you know, there are ebbs and flows in baseball. And most of the teams that walk away with the World Series have this, this ebb in, you know, week 15, 16, 17, where they, they just aren't scoring a lot. And then the bats heat up into the playoffs. And then you just need to win two of two of each of three of the next two series. Okay, well let let's give credit where credit is due, though. I mean, only Jack Swagger would could lose, break a winning streak, and be labeled the weekend's big winner. You know, come on. <laughs> what, what about Joe nearly doubling up his opponent? We'll, we'll, we'll I mean, get to I, that. I mean, his opponent. Well, I know this isn't a disaster for Jack. It's not a disaster for Jack, no, no, but I wouldn't call him a big winner. No, it's 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 exactly. Look, he has the the playoff spot tied up. He actually doesn't mind if he falls to number two because he has a bet, better slot or even number three. And, you know, he was pretty clear about that last week. He doesn't give a shit about the streak. He wants to win the series. You know, unless there's been some major injury that took points away from him, the, the bats are cooling now and the bats are going to heat up. Again, I, I, I'm not saying it was a bad week. Uh, there's definitely, obviously, you just rattled off a bunch of positives for Jack. You know, best week or, you know, the big winner I mean, come on. You know, I can see Joe beads of sweat forming on his uh, forehead there. 
uh, as he was you know thinking about you know his great week and he's the big winner this well, week. Well, I mean, his, what a strong performance by that. Yeah, week yeah, was I, based think, on I think I think the trade that he made earlier in the week. Right, <laughs> so, <laughs> Scotty's Scotty's right there with him too. I I think that yeah, Joe just you know as good as his team's doing and as good as it's been, he hasn't been able to really sit back. Uh, at, at all the entire time there's there's <clears throat> like I said as as much smack as I was talking coming into this week um, coming out of it uh, I, I, you know I was serious uh, you know am uh, looking at the those three teams I'm not sure I'm better than those two right now you know I've I've mentioned a couple of times that the Dodgers have, have masked some of um some of my batting um you know issues and, um, you know, and, the, and they didn't have a bad score this week. They had a eight-something or, or what have you, but that's lower for the Dodgers. That's a couple points down. Um, ironically, the only two guys that did score points for me this week were the two that I got from Tim uh, a week ago, Cano and Black. <laughs> the rest of my team mm-hmm. took a complete shit. So I think that's what, what Tim's saying is, again, baseball is, you know, it is a, a give and take. It's an up and down. And, um, you know, he had joked a couple of times about, you know, am I hoping to lose soon? Am I hoping to, um, to get that, that week where everybody takes a shit and it happened this week. So over the course of the season, that's something that if you, you know, are following that and, 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 and believe in it, then, then yes, that's a benefit. Um, but yeah, there, there's no doubt both of those two, Joe and Scotty, um, are, are, both very scary right now and and you know the big winner i i think is fucking chris i i like i that that guy traded his staff away and hasn't lost since um ironically this week he did offer me a trade for boston and it was almost as bad as the one i got him to take uh to get boston (laughs) um but yeah he texted me yesterday morning i got a text and uh yeah i got a text from him yesterday morning uh Let's see, staffs are for bitch teams like yours. Uh, pitching is for pussy teams like yours, actually, is wow. the, uh, the text I got. <laughs> That's a good have, way to get you to trade with him, isn't it? <laughs> he does have a unique style, Chris does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did it. Again, he's doing it with the Angels now. His bats are coming alive. Um, you know, all, all of, you know, again, it's, it's odd, but this week in particular is just funny, but out of the four quote-unquote playoff teams right now, um, I, I, I'm the least hot. Every one of those three are on a streak of, uh, what, four or more. Oh, Joe's this your second now after a seven-game streak. You took, a what, one game off, and then you're you're back Dude. on it again. So. Well, so I'll, I'll say, since we're having, like, a big winner palooza, everyone's the big winner all of a sudden. Don't be a sore loser. No, uh, actually, so here, here's some up. Greg, you're the big winner. loser. Actually, you, you, your week was better than my week. No, well, here, here's the, yeah, th- that's right. So. If we're going to make everybody the big winner, here's here's some other things. So I'm the big winner because I can th- believe it or not, guys, even though I was like, ah, I'm not going to do anything this season. This was the first week where in my heart and in my mind, I've accepted the fact that my year is over. So the the uh, the, the epiphany that Tim had a few the weeks ago time. Hmm? <laughs> this is the fourth time you've had that epiphany, right? I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. No, 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 no. This is when it was when it's there was been week real. three. There was week seven. There was week eight. Now there's. But then there was always some hope, and I allowed myself to cling, even though I didn't express it publicly, to some hope. <laughs> but this this week, I've become completely hopeless. Let me tell you, it's a pleasure. It sounds you know, because... like a sequel to a movie. <laughs> I mean, Greg's ho- epiphany. This time, uh, it's for real. Oh, they're gonna say hopeless in Seattle. You know. So, 
But I mean, so now I can enjoy my week. I'm actually enjoying real baseball, watching my pirates, you know, have a gasp of life. Um, and, and, and even though I tried my best to win and I didn't, um, as Tim alluded to earlier, you know, he's, he goes ahead of me in the standings, which ultimately is good for me, you know? So I'm the big winner. You're the big me. winner by being the big loser, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Me. All right. And being completely devoid of hope. But I'm also a big winner because I, I'm honest when I say that this year's playoffs, for the first time in my memory, haven't been, there's been a clear favorite and, and you know, and anything can happen and anybody could potentially knock off that favorite. But it seemed like a, you know, a, a, a fait accompli that somebody was going to win. But now I really see it as an exciting kind of, uh, you know, anybody really could win. And that, that's cool. That's fun for, for us and all of our many, many fans. <laughs> to my Tim bashing days, um, Tim, you are officially out of it now, correct? Now that, that um, Joe and, and Scott have both mathematically, Tim, you still have a shot up until their win, correct? That is correct. Yeah. That's the worst case scenario. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Now you're, they're just playing for position, you know, those two, and then obviously Chris and Mike's going to be an interesting one with three games left. So I wonder if they play each other again. Those two, they play each other this week, Chris and Mikey. Holy shit! Oh wow! Oh, this is going to be good. That. Yep. Well, I I will say that doing the divisions, I just I just saw Swagger's team so far beyond everyone else. And then I was like, wait a minute, there's only one game between Omission Commission, Reardon Metal, and Jack right. Wax Pack. And not much more than a, a point per game. As much fun as it's been, the fact of the matter is my staff has been that much better than than both of theirs for most of the season. So there's three teams in that mix all of a sudden. It was it was fun to to pretend like it wasn't the case, but it is. Again, my, my staff has overperformed. So if they do come back down all of a sudden, um, you know, 20 points, I'm, I'm 20 points above these guys for the season over 15 games, 16 games. That's not very much. It's a, it's a much closer race than folks think. Like I said, <laughs> getting to play uh, Chris or, or Mike, whoever comes out of that division all of a sudden is looking a lot more attractive. So, so is, is it, is it basically that the Griffey division is the real dog shit division? <laughs> It's uh, you know, based like on you facts. Said, yeah, yeah, there's there's the... more teams in play outside of the Griffey division than inside the Griffey division. Yeah, we're terrible. I think what so, it says is that the the teams that made the playoffs last year weren't necessarily. Maybe it's more of a situation there was one dominant team and the other three weren't quite as close to that one team as they maybe. The, it appears this year. I don't know. No, I was just incredibly unlucky. So, Jack, I haven't really heard any more about uh, Kershaw coming out of the game early today. Is he injured or, or is and is it serious? Ooh. Yeah, I just uh, found out about that as you said it. So, <laughs> I'm the lucky one this week because I got to give Jack that news. <laughs> you bastard. Maybe I will hang on to Boston a little longer. Yeah, no, I um, I have no idea that maybe there are fantasy gods. I um, that like I said it last week, that would be the one, the one you know portion of my team that that I just need to stay together. The rest of the guys can take their ups and downs and have uh, throughout the season. But that Dodger staff has really carried me so. Uh, again, I, I lose Kershaw for, you know, well, again, I could lose him for three more weeks. My situation is not really going to change. And that's the nice thing about 
getting up when, when I did and, and, and being able to lock it up as early as I did. But, um, you know, so again, whatever happens over the next three weeks doesn't really matter as long as everybody's back to fucking performing in week four. Well, I, I won't say that I wanted to tank, but fuck. Like, this yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. was supposed to lose, and <laughs> yes. my pitching staff just does horribly, and I win against a worthy opponent. I mean, this, this game fucking sucks. It's hard to predict. It's hard to predict. I just wanted to lose, which I did very well. The whole season. And now Greg pulls again ahead of me again in the loser Olympics. Should have like, kept Trout on the bench. <laughs> well, I can't. Uh, I so Tim and I could be squaring off for the uh, second overall picks in week in the final week of the season because we, we, we battle it out that week. You could, if LJ lets you down there, LJ is right there with you guys too. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. Obviously, Mike's, yeah. Mike's dad's got number one locked just up. Just whip me, yeah. Well, and, and the Dreamers, the good news is we thought that the Dreamers were going to be a zombie team. We we now have confirmation. <laughs> they're, they're just playing like it. They're just playing like it. Right, exactly. They are reanimated, and Dusty is the sole owner. I did remove Eldon from the email list and owner lists, and it was a sad day. I mean, I loved Eldon being in the league. I really did. I'm, I'm sad that he's gone. I'm happy that Dusty, who had a hand in building this team, is still there. And from all accounts, it seems like Dusty was starting to mix it up and talking trades and... Joe, I know you and he were at least in discussion phases when I talked to both of you. Uh, I guess, yeah, there was just not enough value uh, from your perspective, right? Uh, I mean, it was more about uh, what he wanted me to give up for what I wanted. It didn't make any sense for me. It was uh, actually kind of protracted, and it was good to talk through it. and It made me really take a hard look at at my team and where I am right now and where I want to go. So. Well, that makes sense to me, Joe. And speaking of taking a hard look at teams, we have two guests tonight. We have Scotty, the owner of a mission commission. He'll be on next. And then after Scotty, we have Chris, who is the owner of the St. Lowcash Stink Fist. So really interesting stuff and especially uh, real interesting stuff going on with these two teams. So go ahead and refresh your drinks and we'll be back uh, momentarily. The mirror's image tells me it's home time, but I'm not finished, cause you're not by my side. And as I arrived, I thought I saw you leaving, carrying your shoes, decided that once again I was just dreaming of opening to you. Now it's three in the morning, and I'm trying to change your mind, left you multiple missed calls until Welcome back. We have a special guest. You may remember Scotty from earlier in the season. And uh, you all know we've been talking a lot about the Omission Commission and the amazing run they're on. And this week, taking out Jack Swagger uh, in his Jack's Wax packs and now owning the longest live winning streak uh, is something that we all wanted to find out uh, what's in Scotty's mind. And so, Scotty cut his family dinner short and agreed to be on the show while we're recording it. So Scotty, welcome. We're so happy to have you back on the podcast. How you been? I've been great in baseball terms. I'm having an awesome week beating Jack. Thank you, Jack, for not showing up this week. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you. Taking all the steam out of my sales. Son of a bitch. Just getting you ready for the playoffs. So happy to be here, Tim. Thanks everybody. 
That's awesome. And, and I know uh, we talked, Scotty, little, uh, well, it's a few days ago. Um, we were, I was trying to work a trade, but you kept stiff-arming me on it. Anyway, you uh, had mentioned Wait, that- can I just, can I, speaking of Tim Moscato's trading philosophy, I did have a thought on this one. I noticed there's a pattern, Tim. You don't trade Tim Moscato. You rent from Tim Moscato because everything he trades away, he wants back. That's what I figured out. <laughs> <laughs> Devers, man, he just got called up today. He's playing in the major leagues now. He was in single A when I traded him to you over the off season, for Christ's sake. Um, so I don't know what it is when when young players get in your team and they, you know, either are playing in single A or they're sucking like Judge. I don't know what the deal is. Um, but you did tell me it was tough watching Blackman have a good week against you. So you probably know a little bit what I feel. Yeah, there's a little regret there. At least I won this week, so or I'm winning as of right now. I don't know if the week's officially over. Ooh. But yes, it's it's always hard, right, to watch your guy that you traded away for a long-term prospect come back and kick your ass. It's painful. <laughs> They're out of the nest. They don't get to come back into the tree of trust. Yeah, that's right, man. Entropy only expands. Several weeks ago, you talked about remaining disciplined. You talked about focusing on uh, players under the age of 27. We actually have the the Scotty line is a player up beyond or below the Scotty line, which is a square at 27 years old. Did I, did I use that number or did you come up with that? 27. Uh, that was you. You were very, you were very focused on that. I think we shared less than, yeah, less than less 27. Than. You would, you wouldn't trade for someone less than 27. The line of demarcation. Yeah. <laughs> and that you even kind of averaged out. I think I shared one of the pieces of your spreadsheet that you tracked the age and you were looking at average age. Uh, Jack, he was really pushing you on would you trade for an older player? And you, I think, sagely said, you know, well, you know, it's, I'm always open to anything. I'm not going to close it off. Now your team is squarely in the playoff run. You're one game behind the number one team in the league, and you're in a battle with Joe. What, what, what are you thinking now? I'm not sure. I wasn't expecting to be here, and I wasn't expecting to, to have this much of a winning percentage and be tied in the division. <laughs> and, you know, because we were the, we were the basement, right? We're supposed to be low on the list, but we're, we're having a good run. What, what is our league? We are the McGuire. Are we the McGuire? You're in the McGuire division, yep. yep. And so, you are tied with Reardon at 11 and 5. Yes. Both won. He's stressing me out because every time <laughs> I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to break away. You know, it never happens. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to do at this point because it, it's it's tight. And at the same time, I have felt a little bit of a pickle where I've had a lot of trade offers thrown at me over the last four weeks. People hyping their the depth potential or, you know, here's a, <laughs> here's a, an opportunity that you, you may not have on your team. And at the same time, I've tried to be very consistent with my discipline and my strategy. And I, I think that that's noteworthy that I traded Frazier this week. I I thought long and hard on that one. You know, if I had been starting Frazier and he'd been really crushing it, I probably wouldn't have made that trade mm-hmm. this week. But he's been, you know, he's been struggling this year. You know, it's in line with my philosophy and I'm going to stick to that. I made the trade and I'm happy with it. It doesn't help me this season. Uh, it could actually hurt me a little bit this season. Scott, that was a, I think that was a great move. I mean, uh, Frazier, after the All-Star break last year, went into a pretty steep decline in yeah. terms of his strikeouts. You know, I, I thought it was a great move for you, uh, not a surprising move for Pops, considering Frazier was a Yankee all of a sudden. But Mazzara, I mean, he could contribute to the, you this year. He, he's, he's 
pretty good, and he's so he damn young. The one thing I've been looking for is some power, and that's why I was excited about Frazier while I had him. And then, of course, Judge this year just has been lighting it up. Um, then that was the drawback from me with Mazzara. Just great all around, maybe not the big power hitter. So that's why it was a little bit of a challenge for me. Again, Mazzara's 22 and Frazier's 31, and going back to my approach, the, well, the math was a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, 22 years old, one of the things we've talked about over the weeks on the podcast is you know, the expectations that are being set by these phenoms like Bellinger and Trout and Bryce Harper and come up at 22 if they're not, you know, knocking them out right away, we're, we lose our enthusiasm for them. So if I'm hearing you right, then, Scotty, you're still remaining disciplined. Now, you're I mean, remember, you're 11 and 5. You're up there in the power poles. The reality is, is that you're in the playoffs. I, I'm not hearing you say flags fly forever. This is what I'm going to do. And we had some moves last week in the league with Godzilla and King Kong, so Jack and Joe, where they really made significant changes to their team. Did that did that scare you? Is that making you think, well, you know, I'm in the playoffs, but you know, I'm I'm still gonna take my young players and I'll be there in two or three years. That's where I am. That's where I am. I, I wanna stay the course as much as I can mm-hmm. uh, and not trade what I've been trying to quietly build. Well, I will I, say this. My trades that I made were not just a reaction to Jack's team. They were a reaction to your team as well. Because if you go and look at the breakdown, you're one of three teams that I have a poor record in the breakdown. So it's, I'm going to be curious to see whether that changes over the next, you know, the, the last couple of weeks of the season. It, and for me, it's, it's going to come down to the Cardinals pitching staff. Cause I have one pitching staff and that's probably where I, if I was going to make any move, it would have been to trade up on a staff. I, I kind of feel like that window's maybe shutting, if not closed. Not if you're interested in the Cubs, it's not. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. Yeah. Because I have an inconsistent club. I've been lucky a few weeks. Won some really close, low-end games. If I had a really strong pitching staff, I think I have the offense to go into the playoffs. I don't know if I can go deep into the playoffs, but yeah, I, I think so, so for me, it's a pitching issue right now. You're you're, you're uh, touching upon a, a frequently debated topic here, especially in recent weeks on the podcast, balancing the future versus taking an opportunity when it's in front of you. Do you have any doubt that your your strategy is the right strategy? Is there any part of you that is tempted to say, you know what, if I can go all in this year, or maybe not all in, but halfway, you know, if I, if I can make some bold moves, I should because I might not ever get back here anytime soon. Is there any impulse along those lines? There's a small impulse. Yes, I do feel a little bit of a pull. Is there a shot at getting to the World Series and winning? There is. I think there's a little bit of potential. I have a few gaps on the team. I don't think it's quite exactly where I want to be. It probably will never be exactly where I want it to be. Um, But I, I think I can ride this team out for another year or two and have some opportunities if I don't trade them away today right but that's the debate but you know everyone else is all there's always new players coming in the league everybody else is perpetually tinkering with their team and we were saying um i don't know if you listen to every every week's podcast but tonight's that will come out soon we're just saying that this year in our estimation there's not that clear-cut favorite based upon your recent surge the week that joe's team just had and the strong year that he's had all along uh, jack's team is strong Chris is coming on strong that this year compared to recent years in my memory, 
there seems to be um, stronger teams, but that also makes it more open. Like there's not that one team. The last couple of years, it's been Tim's team. Before that, it was Jack's team. And it was always these teams who were the clear-cut favorite. Then there's the other three teams in the playoffs who, yeah, maybe they had a shot, could make anything happen. But this year, it really does seem like the four teams that are trending or the five teams that are trending for the four playoff spots all have a legitimate opportunity on any given week to take it. Well, and I, I, you know, I, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, Scotty, to your point. I understand that, too, because I talked to somebody about a trade this week for middle infield help, and I elected not to do it because it was too expensive moving forward. And I, that's yeah. that that's the game, right? Like, do you... Mm-hmm risk it all for the shot this year, or do you keep your team together for maybe a multi-year run? And that's, I kind of feel like I've got a core that's strong enough for a multi-year run. I might have to trade a little bit to get that right pitching staff to complement the offense. I just felt like I have not been ready to pull the trigger yet. This but year. I also think that's part of what makes Jack and Tim so good in this league is that they're both willing to go all in if they think they have a chance yeah, to win. Yeah. And, and nobody and, else is really that and way. And I think this is where I feel a little green. I'm still learning kind of the cadence to, to that pattern of I'm a little, I, I'm You're Irish Catholic, man. Dude, I'm Irish. I'm nah. like a, I am conservative <laughs> shit until I have like five beers and then. Then I'll go all in. Look at that. You're just, you're taking down a beer right now. Total domination. Badass. You know, each of us has has approached it a little bit differently in my situation, which is, you know, something I I commonly do. um, I I have the all in method. I'm trading youth, you know, for, for the guys for now I'm going all in the, um, the positive obviously is if I win, then I win. Uh, The negative is if I don't win, then immediately I become less excited about my team, about the future, about next year. And now I got fucking uh, uh, Batista and Cabrera another year down the line. And as great as, as Blackman is, and, and, you know, he could win. Can he win me games next year? Absolutely. But he's, you know, 30 something years old. Joe kind of did the in-between where he did beef up his team now. And he, and he definitely created a situation that made him better now, but he didn't necessarily kill his future either. He, you know, he got back uh, uh, bets and, um, you know, even Stanton's not old by any means. You know, Scotty, on the other hand, has pretty much stood pat. The issues that everybody told him were going to be issues have actually improved. Um, the Cardinals are a, a better staff since we told him that they weren't a good staff. <laughs> you know, it seems like he's got a different guy every other week that we question that, you know, will have a bad game, but when he does, then he's got two other guys that uh, that pick it up. You can make the case that among the three of us, Scotty didn't need to make any moves because it's it's been working for him. He's so right. he is that's now the point. team that's got the longest winning streak. Pollock has come back since we talked to him, so that's obviously yeah. when you to add somebody like fucking Pollock to to what's already a, a decent team. That obviously. But you guys him. both pointed that out at the beginning of the year when we were doing the rundown of the teams. You both mentioned the depth on his team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of my problem. I have too many guys. I got to figure. I got moves I've got to make once all these guys come off the DL. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge. I'm going to have to let some prospects go for sure. The only concern I have with your team outside of pitching staff, which you're already on top of, is just the depth, right? The ability to endure one or two players going down and not having a big drop off. You know, Real, Real Muto is going to show up on the DL tomorrow because we're having this conversation, right? Well, that's why I was talking to you, right? I mean, that was <laughs> basically one of the things we were looking at. Uh, but 
I'm just trying to help. I'm I'm not in the this year. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> that's all he ever tries to do. I, I to the spider to the fly. The benevolent one. And you're you're loaded at outfield, so you know it makes sense that you you have a lot of coverage at outfield, but your middle infield and your catching, you're you know not so much. So I mean that's that's I mean I don't think you have to reshape your team to get what you want. You know it it's weird, right? It is what it is. And then the fact is getting to the playoffs with the, the draft order for the pitching staffs, it almost makes it more important to try to win the World Series because it's tough. In the big picture, that's what I'm worried about next year. How do I capitalize on this team that I have ending up with a 9 or 10 pitching staff pick? You make a trade with me and get my shitty position pick, pitching staff, which is actually going to be better than yours. It's pretty simple. Did you hear what he just said? He's he's yeah. already claimed the ninth or 10th staff pick, so he's already claiming he's he got going himself to in the championship. That's right. <laughs> Gotta like that. I'm a little cocky. I know. <laughs> now it's coming out. I mean, it's, it's you know, look, Scotty, this is a team that I think we had a lot of trouble figuring out at the beginning of the year. I don't think there was, I, I don't rem- recall anybody really passionate about you. I liked your team, Scotty. I said it last time you were here. Go back yes, and listen did, to the Jack. first couple. I will never forget that either. Thank you for, for the vote Scott, of confidence. Don't thank him. Every team that he predicts something of, good <laughs> or bad, does the exact opposite. He buried his brother five weeks ago, and now he's streaking. He pronounced Tim the de facto winner when Tim was still under 500, and Tim proceeded to shit the bed right afterwards. So he's not helping you. He has started, though. I wasn't that wrong. I was just late with Tim. Tim's going to screw himself completely, finish 10 and 9, end up with the fucking fit fucking pick. Oh, yeah. I don't even understand the Moscato team this year. It's crazy. And now you've traded it, some of it away. Well, yeah, I, it was touched. It was bad luck. The team was bad luck. Do you believe in luck, Scotty? Not really. Fuck. I say good luck, but not really. <laughs> All right. I live my life by spreadsheets, man. There's no luck. There's no luck. <laughs> no luck. Okay. All right. So that's, that's interesting. Um, that's very interesting. Joe, do you believe in luck? Hell yes. Okay, so Joe believes in. I'm just trying to figure out the playoff team strategy. Do you believe? Wait, do you believe in luck? Like looking forward, like I'm going to need a lot of luck, or or yes. looking back, that was lucky. Yes yeah. and yes, absolutely. Yes and yes on both of those. One hundred percent. I think I think luck is massive in many things. It's just very evident in fantasy. But I think I think even you guys that don't believe luck in it has a descriptor of a result, right? Like, man, that was lucky that you didn't get hit by that car. Or, or dump truck. Luck is there's luck out there in the universe, and I got to figure out a way to attach it to myself. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd go there. Well, look, I mean, there is the phrase like you 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 make your own luck, and I yes. do believe you can put yourself in a position where there's a higher likelihood of you getting lucky for sure. And if that's what you meant, it sounds less mystical when I say it that way than when I when it sounded like when you said it. But I don't think you can conjure luck but i do think you can dispel some bad luck which is why i broke the team up I, the the team was just touched it was just touched and and uh i there was no, no way i get around it i didn't like the team weird it's really weird to trade blackman stanton and bets away and say i feel better so his team would have been better these last couple of weeks if he hadn't done it so i i mean true is that luck i it, it, i mean the guys that you gave away are all performing they just not performing for you anymore well, do we believe the non-luck believers? Do we believe that in real baseball and real sports? You know, call it luck or call it good fortune. You know, um, you know, you, you hit a ball hard and you hit it right at a guy. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously that's defensive positioning and, and things like that come to play. 
but yeah, I mean, but you know, they're in real sports in real baseball. There's a certain amount of call it luck or call it just happenstance that it's, it favored me this time. I hit a ball and you know, I hit it where the guy wasn't, you know, that's if, if there's real luck in I, real life in sports, then there must therefore be luck in fantasy sports. Right. I think it's just another word for randomness. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Control. Randomness right. that favored right. me. This so time. do you believe in randomness? So that's it. Yeah, Absolutely. That's yes. Okay. Then we all yeah. believe in the same thing. Right. So yeah, random. Luck. Sometimes the randomness favors me. Sometimes it favors my opponent. And but we Tim's, call describing, yeah. Tim's describing luck a little differently to his team. Like that wasn't just randomness. That wasn't making them perform as a team, right? There was something you're saying there was an element that you didn't understand. Correct. Like jinxing your team yes. or having some kind of negative luck. Yes. Negative. So like a, like a hex from like yeah. a voodoo. Hex, a jinx. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I don't believe in that. You're crazy, Moscato. <laughs> it, it was actually the schedule that was was even more touched than anything else. But to me, to deny you're such a Red Sox fan, touched. <laughs> but to deny the feeling that I had about my team would not be I would not be honest with you guys. Well, or, I think that goes to the definition of what we consider luck. Then you know because I th- you know there's random good fortune, but but I don't think it's some secret power or. You know, rubbing a rabbit's foot. We're trying to figure out how the fuck he got to 11 and 5. So, <laughs> okay, so I don't believe in luck, but I've got it. How about that? <laughs> but you'll take it while it's I'll fucking on it. your side. Yes. Come on over. Uh, okay. All right. So Lennon or McCartney? Lennon. I've been listening to a lot of Beatles lately with my son, and everything that he likes is McCartney's. It's kind of messing with my mind. Lennon was the idealist, right? He was the guy that was out there growing his hair long and wearing army jackets and marrying Yoko Ono and protesting. And I don't remember Paul McCartney protesting anything. Jeter, legend, or douche? What if I said neither? <laughs> You'd be as political as, as just... I mean, I don't. I wouldn't go so far as to call him an aim. I've never been a Yankees fan, and I think he's benefited from longevity, the ability to stay young in a tough position. That in itself is pretty cool that you can survive, especially at the Yankees. I mean, well, boys, do you have any other questions for the eleven and five omission commission owner? Freaking guy, I love it. Anybody want to try to make a trade with him? I actually, uh, while we were talking, I did send Scotty a trade off. Oh, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you are the prettiest girl at the dance, Scotty, right now, aren't you? I got, uh, I got the Red Sox still, Scotty. If you get, uh, if you decide the Cardinals aren't the way to go. I know you've kind of trying to um, sew up as many of the pitching staffs as you can, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, he knows you, Jack. <laughs> yes. Well, it's been fun. Embrace entropy, everyone, because <laughs> we're all getting older and fatter. So It only expands. Yeah. Congratulations on a great win. Congratulations Thank on you. what looks like a great season. And a, yeah, and good a luck. Appearance. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, no, wait, sorry. I, I said good luck. That, that's irrelevant to you. No, that's right. I'll take <laughs> Favorable <laughs> randomness to you. Again, myself. I don't believe in it, but I'll take it. Favorable <laughs> randomness to you. Favorable randomness. I love that. I, I think that's a great that's one. Pretty yes, good. Scotty. Favorable randomness to you. And uh, yeah. please, please tell everybody a beautiful family. We said hello and uh, thank you for sharing you for 45 minutes. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Please, and I look forward to being back again sometime. All right. Get Scott, back to me quick. I'm maybe sure in a planned fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, guys. Yes, we will do that. Thank you.
All right. Take care, Scott. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's take a quick break and come back with Chris, the owner of St. Locash. changed your name or the kind of image but you've been on kind of a run so i i I mean literally we had mikey on the podcast um fuck uh four weeks ago and we pretty much were handing him the division title yeah so you trade away the red Sox, and you take your players and you go and you go on and you rip off what was it? Four wins in a row? Is it three or four wins? Five. Five wins five, in a row. Five straight. 55 points last week. Second longest streak. Chris, what the fuck is going on? Uh, well, the last few weeks, I think I've pretty easy. Uh, so you, you played the worst four teams, although last week you did not play one of the worst teams, right? Well, I think they were the worst, too. Yeah, they didn't score that much, but it wouldn't have mattered. You had, did you, you had the second most points yeah. in the entire league. Yeah, like that was. Yeah, yeah. two weeks before that, it scored a lot. So you're saying this is not, this is a facade. Your team is a, a facade. They're not going to continue to do this. You you got three weeks left. You're in first, you're tied for first. You're you're playing Mike this week, correct? Yeah, we're playing. I don't think my team's good enough yet. You got Conforto. At, what is he? Twenty-four, dropping eights. You got uh, Lamb at twenty-six years old, dropping eights. You got Marte back now, um, so you're just adding a, a an all-star to uh, to <laughs> right. uh, already. And and Ramirez has become a, a fantasy all-star. I mean, that guy has gone from like I said, sleeper to to stud. See so happens. you got the you got nine out of the angels. You get nine nine plus out of a staff. You're okay. You're not hurting at that point. You're above. <laughs> Yeah, the norm. You obviously, at the very least, you you started at least, you know, paying attention to the fact that this was going on because we started talking about staffs again for the first time since you had given up. Well, I think right before your run, correct? Isn't it, is, you traded Boston and then started winning five in a row, correct? Yeah, but if you look at the staffs, you have like first four, a few points. You know, you're going to give up like two points. I think you have two of those staff actually. Close. So you have the ninth best staff year to date, but you really have you're actually better than that because four of the staffs ahead of you are owned by two teams. For a staff that 
you simply picked up after you traded away the Red Sox and actually got Jack to pay for that staff for you. Yeah. Technically, yeah, I paid. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, I think it was a brilliant move, quite frankly. I was just looking at the, you know, I figured they would be okay, and then maybe when Trout, hopefully that's what happens. Like Trout will carry him some. So do you do you take a look at your team and now say, well, maybe I should make a move or two. Maybe I should get that pitching staff, or maybe I should get some depth. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be more than pumped if they made the playoffs. But maybe a precursor of what we'll do later on. Well, the, the the probability at this point, the way the other two teams are playing in the McGuire division, the probability is you're not going to uh, you're not going to get a wild card spot. You know, however, you actually uh, are have more points than than Mike at the moment by mm-hmm. three. Um, but but at the moment, um, you would actually have uh, you know have the tiebreaker um, even if you were to to lose um, mm-hmm. this week. So. Uh, a win this week, and I mean, you're in really, really good shape. This is a huge week for you. Yeah, but Did, my last two games are versus you. Versus you. Oh shit! Whoa! Yeah. Okay. That's a tough close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, to Scotty, who has beat pretty much everybody for the last two fucking months. Yeah, but I don't think right. No, I know. We yeah, we don't we don't try to do we don't try to lose, but sometimes you just let it happen. No, it's um. Or you uh, like just I said, fail at that, like I do, right? Like just <laughs> decide you're done, and then you know put the Padres in and still win a fucking game. <laughs> Well, I, that's essentially what Chris has done. I mean, Chris, you know, pretty much <laughs> packed it up. This, like I said, we're having all kinds of, um, you know, again, it's baseball, and and you always have the the you know a little weirdness here, a little weirdness there, um, but we're having full on uh, anomalies here. We're having teams that are you know uh, nine out of ten dentists project to win the championship. They can't get out of their own fucking way. We're having. <laughs> Teams that have literally packed it up, sent off their staff, and fucking went home and sat on the couch before they got a fucking phone call. Hey, hey, uh, coach, get back out here. We're fucking uh, five straight here all of a sudden. So now Chris has to get back up and turn the goddamn computer back on. So it's uh, it's been an, a, a very interesting se- and 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 on top of that, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of the times ten and nine will get you in the playoffs, while the winner of your division may not end up with a phenomenal record this year. The the that wild card team looks like they're going to be well above ten and nine. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're they're guaranteed to be above ten and nine at this point, uh, as both of those teams in the uh, in the McGuire division already have eleven wins. Well, and also, th- I mean, think about this. So in week ten, Chris lost forty eight point seven to fifty one point one. In week 11, he lost 65 to 49. In week 12, he lost 58 to 54. And then week 13, he had a down week. He lost, he lost 48 to 42. And then he, yeah. So he, then he, (laughs) and then he won. Oh no, sorry. He lost 55 to 52. So uh, the reality is, is Chris, Chris's team has been throwing up major points since he made the trade with, of the Red Sox. It's just, he was playing some teams. So, 
The Punks put up 51 points. That was one of their best weeks ever. The Blondie, Blondie put up 65. That's the highest he's ever scored. Um, he played you, Jack, when your team was hot, when you put up almost 60 points at 58. I mean, shit. The reality is is that his average score for the last five weeks is probably, I would put that up against any other team. So is that the strategy, Chris? Just, just you're just lie, You actually know that your team's better than, than you're pretending they are, and you're just going to kind of lie down in the, uh, in the weeds and let everyone else beat the shit out of themselves before the playoffs? Um, honestly, like I said, this would be a nice, your starting team is as good as anyone else's starting team. It's probably with players that are less known. And so if someone just watches right. ESPN, they're not going to know the Confortos, the Andreses, the Lambs, the Ramirez's. You know, they're going to know Zimmerman, right? Um, but then, you know, dude, Yohan Makata just got called up. Like, that's a guy that, quite frankly, you could plug into your middle infield if you needed to. And, um, I, you know, could make a difference. And, you know, Dansby Swanson has had his ups and his downs, but maybe it's a guy you could you could uh, use. Joey Gallo still hitting home runs. He just hit one the other night, right? Um, you know, it, it's interesting how, how I look at your team or is how I see your team, and there's real stuff here. I mean, I, I don't know, Jack. I mean, put this against a mission commission. I mean, I... I, I think these teams are more similar than not. Uh, you know, again, it, the the you know even the the point differential. You know, you're talking about less than two points a game. Yep. Um, you know, separating everybody. So he's playing possum. I think his team's better than again. <laughs> they're, they're not necessarily guys you would bet the house on. Um, continuing, but you know we've they're continuing, and um, I don't give a fuck who you are if you're scoring fifty. You know, it doesn't matter whether. How much of that's the staff? I've proven that most of the season <laughs> the other <laughs> way around. So, oh, If the Angels do well, then what I was saying is you look at the Dodgers. That was the Dodgers with Kershaw. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, four to six weeks, what they're saying. And then, I mean, fuck, the the... The Red Sox staff, like that's a staff that could get you an eleven or a five. Like they just, okay. they just never know playing in the AL East. And I, you know, looking at your schedule, that is a that is a tough road to hoe. So what uh, road to hoe? What what is Mikey's schedule? I should probably take a look. But at you're that. up again at that point. You're up by a game now, correct? Correct. So I'm up by so, a game, but only like a. Right, but if you he beat wins. him this week, then even if you lost both the other two games, he would have to win both of them and score more points than you during those two weeks to overtake you. So, the, again, a huge fucking week this week. This is yeah. this is huge because Mikey plays Omission Commission week 18. Huh? But then plays his dad in week 19. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to give him a win on that week. Yeah, but even that, even you know, yeah, he he would have to go two and zero oh. again. It's just this is a this is it's um this is a big one. This is a big one. Who'd you start in the outfield this week? Conforto, uh, Bruce, Bruce, Marte. right? There you go. Marte's all rested. The fact that he can't <laughs> he's rested. He, yeah, the fact that he can't. <laughs> he's also twenty pounds lighter. But the um the. <laughs> He only had like ten home runs anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, 50 games it. ago. Um, they, didn't, they didn't say it was good juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I guess I just uh, I didn't realize this until I heard today on the radio that Marte uh, cannot play in the playoffs if the Pirates make the playoffs. Correct. Um, really? Yeah. That is can, correct. But he can play in your playoffs. He can play the rest of the season, but if they make the postseason, yep, he is not allowed to play. Right. Um, maybe we'll get what's his name back. He'll swim over. <laughs> Blanco. the third game. I already forgot who he was. Oh yeah, the guy who's never coming back in. That's right. He of the DUI. So when you take a look at the the playoff teams, Chris, how do you break down the playoffs? So I, it sounds like you don't really know if you're in or not, and that, like Jack said, if you win this week, then that you know clearly puts you in the driver's seat, um, and that it's whoever wins your division goes to the playoffs. So you are Mikey. So. Of the other three teams, who scares you the most, I guess, is probably my question. Omission Commission, Reardon Metal, or Jack's Wax Pack? After all those trades, it's got to be between Jack and Yeah, Godzilla versus King Kong, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, experience. Anything can happen in the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. I just scored 30-some points, so. Tim has had what we what we refer to as bad luck this year. Yeah, very bad luck or unfavorable randomness, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so uh, my record against your team, Chris, in the breakdown, my record against Lethal is actually two games better. So if you use my team as a proxy, Mikey would have only won three games against me. You would have won five. So if you think about that, Right, there's one measure. The only team I don't have a winning record against, the only team is Omission Commission, and I'm 500 against them. Yeah, bad, bad. Standing on the schedule, it happens with one team every year. I got this year, but the good thing was is that it happened at a time where I knew, and so I could trade to get Mike Trout, so yeah, and Mike. Trey Turner. So, so for me. Yeah, it worked out. What's that? Those were good trades for all three teams. Well, I'm glad to hear someone say that at least. Took a lot of shit for that. I think Joe got the best of all (laughs) (laughs) And he he initiated it, Chris. Like, I mean, when's the last time? I mean, Joe was always like hanging back, not really making the moves, right? Kind of hesitant. And he's the one that started this whole cavalcade of shit. That, that it was okay. Joe. Got bets. Bets. Yeah. And Hap. Yeah. And Greg still gives me shit about that, thinking I got because I got Trout. Yeah. No. It was a. Um. It like I said, both trades made sense on both um if you if you look at my team now they're better for my run if you look at joe's team now they're better for his run and if you look at your team tim next year um you're 
already the favorite. Which so. sucks, man. It sucks. Like, I really hate not being in the playoff. I'm totally jealous of you, Chris. I might not be. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, all, we're all pulling for you. Good luck. I will say, if you lose this week, now knowing the rest of your schedule, okay. you have no fucking okay. chance. So. <laughs> So, Chris, before we say goodnight, and I knew, I appreciate you staying up late to make this happen. I know you you get going early on. Anything you want to say to the Bockers, to the to the rest of the league, and all the listeners out there? Um, go Pirates! <laughs> <laughs> we do have some Pirates fans. There are several people in Pittsburgh that uh, love the fact that you and Greg are Pirates fans. So we do have a P- Pirates contingent. Wish we could go back in time and find Barry Bonds. <laughs> there are worse baseball teams in Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The kids are coming up. Little Nicky Williams hitting all over the fucking place Ooh. right now. So Alfaro's coming up. That's another kid you got, Chris. Oh shit! Uh, the Is kids coming are coming. Up? All right, buddy. Well, listen. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you were able to to hop on. We had um, we had Scotty on too. So we have both of you on. I don't know if you get a chance to listen to him, uh, Chris, but um, you know, it sounds better. I could actually hear more this time, so I think it'll sound really good. Thank you for doing this. And really, best of luck, dude. I'm I'm pulling for you, man. I want you to fuck up the playoffs and, and take them all out and uh, take home the trophy. I've been, I've been looking for a non-Tim, non-Mike playoffs for quite some fucking time. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't remember the last time both these jackasses were out of it while I was in it. So please, by all means, take Mikey out. Yeah. <laughs> the first one ever, but it might not be. <laughs> yeah, if you can, if you can win, it might be actually. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're all rooting for you. Go, uh, go, Conforto. Ghosting Thanks best. for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I know you're staying up late. Good night, Chris. Uh, one of the things that uh, we talked last uh, about last week was uh, playing a fun game of cornhole, and there was some question, uh, at least in Greg's mind, that there was actually a, a a cornhole league. Joe was quick to point out that there are professional leagues, and in fact, I had a chance to watch the championship of bags for the ACL, the American Cornhole League, this past weekend on ESPN, and I got to tell you guys, it was fucking awesome and um nobody stepped beyond the board for sure uh but there was drama there was competitiveness there was athleticism can i just point out that calling your league the acl when it's probably the one game you can't tear one in (laughs) is sort of silly Uh, what i want to know is what time were you watching this coverage tim this was was mid-afternoon i was at the gym this this smacks of like a conspiracy 
you know, out of the blue last week, you're you're talking about cornhole and how it you know causing major problems in your marriage. Let's be honest, and and then suddenly, out of the blue, there's coverage of cornhole on ESPN. That that can't be coincidental like that, you know. It was so funny to see. I lit. I was on the elliptical, tooling away, <laughs> and flipping through. Could That's not... a funny image. Dude. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, I need it, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> overweight know. guy approaching fifty. It's kind of a requirement. <laughs> um, and I, I literally saw cornhole come across the screen and thought, "How is Greg hacking into my freaking?" You know, because there's no way that there's a cornhole championship on ESPN. And lo and behold, there it was. Can you explain to me what a cheetah bag is? I, I have this image of cornhole bags being sent from Africa of, of the hides of of cheetahs or something. No, it's not that cool. But the the bags that you throw onto the into the cornhole. Yeah, we call a, them bean bags. Regular people okay, do. Okay, bean bags, right? So it's a cheetah print bean bag, and cheetah, ah. cheetah is the name of the company. Were they wearing um, like shirt? You know, like bowling now. The bowlers are like walking billboards. They have all these different. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They have all sponsors. these advertisers that only other bowlers would be interested in, and yes. really don't need to advertise. Yep. To. yep. One team had a. They had cheetah uh, cornhole uh, bags shirts. And then there was also ask me about my cheetah bag. Was Clonazepam <laughs> one of the uh, one of the major sponsors of the event? So here here are the major sponsors: Beer Belly Bags, uh, Can You Toss, Cheetah Cornhole, Xanax, Gunslingers, Pro Z Bags, Reynolds Bags, Rubies, Sean's Top Quality Spinners, Tomcats, BG Boards and Graphics, Kramer Cornhole Bags, Crooked Cornhole, Venom Bags, Resin Bags. MN tailgate and bags. So ironically, the uh, championship of bags was an event that I wasn't too proud about that I uh, I performed in back at college. It was <laughs> I'd erase that. <laughs> it's astonishing that the economy supports not one, not two, not three, but multiple cornhole bag manufacturers, and that they have marketing money to spend. Uh, th- that's incredible to me, right? Uh, well, maybe, I mean, if curling can make it to the Olympics, maybe this is uh, not too far off in the future. All right, so this is a true story, though. I did email every single one of these and oh. and offered up a sponsorship opportunity for the podcast. No kidding. I have not heard back from one of them yet, but I did promise them a cornhole story every episode if they paid us money. Well, yeah, and you better cut out everything I just said in the last two minutes. <laughs> I'd be interested in tracking over time the suicide rate for the uh, broadcasters who are forced to provide coverage for that event. Who's the color man, though? Who, who's the, the cornhole expert that they bring in? All right, Brian, I think on this next one, what uh, Matt Guy Jr. is going to try to do is toss that bean bag in a hole. <laughs> Do they whisper like in Gaul? Uh, I was not listening. I was only watching uh, as I was doing the elliptical. I was actually. Oh, you're not a real fan. No. Look at Mad Guy's concentration. You can tell he really wants this. He put his sandwich down. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me of Jason Bateman's role in Dodgeball. When, where, gonna... <laughs> yeah, like the, where, where you actually thought, like, what would an announcer do? And Bateman yeah. was awesome. I've not I, tried I, it, so I won't I, knock it too much. Yeah. You know, Tim, you sent photographic evidence, and I certainly believe you, but, you know, I almost feel compelled now to go back and check to see if this actually happened. You know, I don't know. I, I, this, 
it seems so unreal to me that this could have happened for my own sanity. I need to confirm the actual uh, circumstances of that. Keep keep in mind, Greg, this is in a week that my team lost. So, anything. Well, yeah, I guess anything is possible. Then. Thank you, Jack. That's true. <laughs> Who knows? What's the championship trophy in that sport look like, Tim? Is it the board or is it the bag? Or is it like a guy like racing the bag? What's the championship trophy? the bag. Am I being punked? What is it? Is you're, this not, you're not being uh, punked. Um, so basically, uh, so for example, the college championship went to the Pitt Corn Dogs. Um, so they won the first ACL College Cornhole Cup at the UNCW Recre- Recreation Center. It was Caleb Avery and Jordan Shipley. And Jeff, they are f- they ship. They ship, right. Jay Ship and uh, they're freshmen at Pitt. Oh, wait, they're freshmen at Pitt Community College in Greenville, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have goals. Oh, God. It's, it's truly amazing what people will watch on TV. I'd rather watch, honestly, competitive eating actually does interest me. It's fascinating to see people stuff their That's faces. That's disgusting, man. It's fun. It's, more, it's better than cornhole. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was watching a contest of people eating progressively hot pepper you know they were getting up to the ghost pepper or whatever the hottest the world's hottest peppers are and they start off with you know regular peppers then jalapenos and they progress all the way through these like the the crate habaneros and then to the there's something now hotter than a ghost pepper the carolina reaper yes that's right jack (laughs) that's it yeah but the thing is they're 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 breeding these things and they after so many generations, they break down, so it's always going to be changing. That's incredible. The, the heat, the heat element in it does not last. Crazy. Was it causing them pain? Um, that I would watch. Many people dropped out. Only yeah. I think only two people got to the Carolina Reaper stage. Yeah, I mean they they seemed like they they wanted to drop out, but they weren't like writhing on the ground. Uh, yeah, they weren't like red. And they weren't like dunking their heads in buckets of milk. Various orifices of <laughs> yeah. their face. No. <laughs> they're they're crazy. People are insane. You know, let's see how much pain we can tolerate. Although that's probably our listeners are probably thinking the same thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So uh, after we can after Tim confirmed the intention for Dusty to venture forward with a league, which we're all happy to hear about. I did have the unenviable task of breaking the news to young Justin, you know, our our pseudo scout. And I'm happy to report a couple of things. First, you know, Justin's a a mellow dude. Let's uh, be a little, you were, you were happy to not give me his phone number to let you didn't ask for his phone number. You, You danced around it. Pudding, you said, "Hey, let's. Uh, yeah, I'll have to get a hold of his phone number. You know, <laughs> you know, you have his nickname. Yeah, you, you can, you can, uh, you can get a hold of him. You have his. Um, I think we've probably been on group text with him, but you have his uh, whatever this is Skype account. So reach out to him. But he's loyal to me. But so, but the good I'm news talking, is, guys, you're objectifying him now. Like for some, like think about. It. I said, hmm, I'll have to get his phone number. He's you mine. Said. <laughs> I just hear Michael Jackson for some reason when you say that. I think I was thinking of Rambo. I trained him. I commanded him in Vietnam. I'd say that makes him mine. You know. Do you share your early draft pick with him each year, or what? Like, what's your payment for 
Oh, there's it's just my friendship, buddy. That's all the payment that he needs. You know? Boy, sounds like he might need some new friends. Anyway, love you guys. Talk to you later. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Well, here are a few simple admonitions for young and old. Never interfere in a boy and girl fight. Beware of whores who say they don't want money. The hell they don't. What they mean is they want more money, much more. If you are doing business with a religious son of a bitch, get it in writing. His word isn't worth shit, not for the good Lord telling him how to fuck you on the deal. Words of advice for young people. After having been exposed to someone's presence, you feel as if you'd lost a quart of plasma. Avoid that presence. You need it like you need pernicious anemia. Don't like to hear the word vampire around here. Trying to improve our public image. Build up a Finally, a buncular, benevolent image. Interdependence is the key word. Enlightened interdependence. Life in all is rich variety. Take a little, leave a little. However, by the inexorable logistics of the vampiric process, they always take more than they need. Now, some of you may encounter the devil's bargain. Get that far. Any old soul is worth saving at least to a priest, but not every soul is worth buying. So you can take the offer as a compliment. They charge the easy ones first, you know, like money, all the money there is, yeah, but who wants to be the richest guy in some cemetery? Money won't buy, eh? Not much left to spend it on, eh, Gramps? Getting too old to cut the mustard. Well, time hits the hardest blows, especially below the belt. How's a young body grab? Like three-card money, like pee under the shell. Now you see it, now you don't. Haven't you forgotten something, Gramps? In order to feel something, you have to be there. You have to be 18. And you're not 18, you are 78. Old fool sold his soul for a strap-on. Words of advice for young people.